Good morning. So good to be with you. My name's Cheryl. I'm one of the pastors here at Menlo Church, and we are talking about hearing God. And maybe you're just checking out faith and uh, kicking the tires and seeing if this is something you could even believe in. Uh, maybe you're new to faith. Uh, maybe you've been following Jesus for decades. Uh, hearing God is central to our faith journey. Uh, and that's because we have a God who, we don't have a God who plays cosmic hide and seek, okay? Uh, we don't have a God who's daring you to want to hear his voice. Uh, we don't have a God who's waiting for you to get good enough to be in his presence. We have a God who actually comes after us. We have a God who pursues us. I love this verse in 1 Peter 1. In the message, it says it this way. Jesus went through it all, was put to death and then made alive to bring us to God. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus accomplished. He brings us near to God, to be in relationship with God is to do life with him, to be with him, to hear him, to listen to him, to believe him and to follow his truth. It's what we mean when we talk about prayer. This is prayer. Prayer is an interactive, ordinary, interactive, ordinary, conversational relationship that we get to have with the eternal, all-powerful God. Does that blow your mind? Prayer isn't just talking at God, but it's conversing with him every moment throughout the day. But how do we know when we're praying that we're hearing God's voice, not just our own voice, right? We need help. And we talked last week about how foundational the Bible is in helping us to hear God, how important scripture is. Today, I want to talk about the environments and the relationships that we need to help us hear God. We need environments that are communal, and intentional. When we have communal and intentional environments, they exponentially increase the potential for our desired outcome, right? We know this when our intent is to get in shape by exercising, right? It's the power of a gym or a pickleball court or a place where you meet your friends to walk or hike or ride bikes or whatever it is that you do. It's an environment. It's a place that you show up. It's communal. It's relational. You do it with people. And it's intentional. We gather in that environment with an intent, with a purpose. And intent, you know this, but intent without intentionality is like wanting to be in shape without exercising. Right? This space right here is an intentional 
communal environment at all of our campuses across the peninsula, we have created a space where we gather, we gather together, not alone, with the intent of hearing God, right? Now, we know that sometimes people can't make it into this space. We know for different reasons, health and otherwise, that they can't come here and be with us. And we're glad for our online community and we trust that God is speaking through that and God is speaking to them. But when we can, we wanna be together. And we wanna be together because we believe something unique happens in the gathered church, right? You can listen to podcasts, you can read Christian books, you can do all that kind of thing, but something unique happens here. And I want to pull back the curtain and tell you what that is. I want to tell you the intent that has gone into making this a place where we can hear God. One of the things that happens every week, volunteers show up early and they pray for you. Not just when they huddle up in their team, volunteer teams and pray, but they pray for you as they're coming in. They pray for you as they see you walking across our campus or coming through the parking lot or walking through the doors. They're silently praying for you. I know that our staff at all of our campuses, there's staff on our campuses who will walk into these spaces the spaces where adults will gather and kids will gather and students will gather and they will pray and they'll just walk the rows and they'll put their hand on a pew and they'll say, God, show up for the person who's gonna sit here this week. Show up for this student that's gonna show up in this space. Show up for these kids that they might have an encounter with you. And the other thing that I know is that in this room, and again, across all of our campuses, we have praying people. They're not staff. They're normal attenders. And they just believe in prayer. And they tell me stories like this. They'll say, you know, I was sitting in the service and, and, and there was some, a couple sitting in front of me and God just prompted me to pray for them. I just prayed for the back of this person's head. I don't know their name, I don't know who they are, but God prompted me to pray for them. You see, that creates an environment where people can show up and God will show up and we can hear from him. Certainly through the worship, through the preaching, through prayer, through the scriptures, but all of this, is ignited by prayer because this is the work of the spirit. I've always said it's the weirdest thing to have a job that you cannot accomplish what you want to accomplish. You cannot. The spirit of God has to show up and do a work that all of our programming and all of our strategies could never make happen to tr transform my life, to transform your life, to draw us near to God. So 
when you come to church, I want to encourage you, have an intention. As you're getting ready, pray. God, will you speak to me this morning in that place? As you're driving over in your car, if you're not fighting with your family or spouse or whatever, pray, pause to pray, uh, and just say, God, would you speak to us this morning? Walk in with an expectation of God speaking. And of course, many a week, you won't get anything. You won't get anything from my sermon. You won't get anything from the experience. I'm a pastor. I come to church. I don't always hear God. That's normal. But like the gym, keep showing up. Keep showing up. And I guarantee you, if you come with the intent of hearing God into a space that has been intentionally created for you to hear God, and you keep showing up, God will speak to you, and he will meet with you. And that's what we want here in this space. But we also need smaller spaces, right? We need the places where we sit in circles and not in rows. We need a place where there's a little bit more time, a little bit more community to help us hear from God. And that's what we hope is happening in our life groups. That's what we hope is what's happening in our life groups for students, for adults, that you're gathering with an expectation and an intention to hear from God. I hope you have friends that you're able to do that with. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about um, PAL, right? If you were here, pause, ask, listen, P-A-L, pause, ask, listen, and of course, um, we needed to do that individually, but we need to do that communally. Um, and, and so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about if you're in a group, what could that look like? Well, again, it begins with your intention that you want to hear from God. It's undergirded, it's undergirded by some convictions, okay? And I'm just going to share my six convictions that when I'm leading a group or I'm in a group and we're wanting to hear God, I have these convictions. This is what I believe. I believe, one, I believe God is always everywhere present. He is with us. We're not begging him to show up. We're not, you know, come, Jesus. No, we're just like, thank you. You're here. He's present. He delights to be with us. The second conviction that I hold, I believe, is that God is always doing something. God is always doing something. Eugene Peterson says, prayer is not to get God to do something I think needs done, but to become aware of what God is doing so that I can participate in it. That's why prayer is conversation. We're not just giving him a to-do list, right? We're conversing. We're seeking to listen. So God is always everywhere present. God is always doing something. And then my third conviction is this. Silence is essential. Silence is essential. We have to have it in our groups, in that space. Helping one another hear God requires a countercultural rebellion. 
truly, right? It requires a countercultural rebellion against distraction and noise. It means phones are off and put away. It means we are present for one another. And we are silent to hear from God. My fourth conviction is this. My fourth belief, every person is unique, right? Hearing God cannot be reduced to a formula. We are never the voice of God for another person. Y'all know that, right? You're not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. Peter said that. You could say that too. (laughs) We are not the voice of God for another person. We are simply fellow fallible pilgrims listening with another, one another for what God uniquely has to say to us and uniquely has to say to the people with us by the Spirit through the Word, right? My fifth conviction is that the voice of God is never contrary to the Bible. We talked about that last week. If you weren't here, I encourage you, please go listen to that. Scott did a fantastic job helping us understand how necessary the Bible is to listening to God. And then the last conviction, and you might have more, but mine is this. The Spirit of God reveals the thoughts of God. Jesus tells us in John chapter 14 to 16 talks about sending his spirit because the spirit of God reveals the thoughts of God. 1 Corinthians 2 says this, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Isn't that good? The Spirit of God reveals the thoughts of God. So when we gather together, we enter into this communal practice with intention hearing God with convictions that hold us and carry us and undergird the practice and then here's a suggestion this is just how I might do it we begin with prayer and in that prayer somebody might just acknowledge um, those convictions we thank God for being present and active we 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 let God know that we desire for him to speak. We um, thank him for sending his spirit to reveal his thoughts to us. And so we just begin and we say, God, would would you speak to us, right? And if you're uncomfortable praying out loud, let me say this. I stopped going to a group for many years because I, I, I was so afraid when I was early in my faith journey that they were gonna make me pray out loud or ask me to pray out loud. So if that's you, um, just let your group know that. Hey, I'm not super comfortable, but then ask them to help you because my faith journey was altered when a group that I was in helped me pray out loud, right? So ask them to help you. So begin with prayer, then read some scripture. And I personally, I like to, in groups typically, 
read through a book of the Bible or something like that so that I'm not just cherry picking scripture, but sometimes I cherry pick scripture and we just read that. But read some scripture. Um, God, the scripture gives God's voice a vocabulary, right? That's why scripture memory is so important. Scripture gives God's voice a vocabulary. So then discuss it and question it and, and be open to having your assumptions challenged. We don't, we're not trying, we're not trying to indoctrinate people. We're inviting people into a dialogue, a wrestling, a questioning. We don't all have to agree. We can agree to disagree, but we wrestle with scripture. We talk about it. Um, hopefully someone in the group maybe is kind of the leader and, and they've done some study on the passage and they bring some context and some understanding about that particular passage, but they're not lecturing, okay? They're guiding a discussion. So we pray, we read the scripture, then this is where Pal shows up. We pause, we ask, we listen. We pause and we ask, God, would you speak to us? Would you, would you speak to us from what we've heard and what we've discussed? And then we pause to listen. And I think probably three to five minutes we need to be silent, allowing God's voice, his whisper to be heard and then we share. We just go around and we share. What did you hear? And it's okay if you go, and many times I have said, got nothing, <laughs> got nothing, okay? But we go around, we share. And then this part is when, it, again, it can help to have a leader who guides this time because it's important what you do after and with that sharing. And I think one of the things that I often find when we've shared and people have shared, sometimes, um, we just return to the silence. For sure, we don't want to try to fix or give advice, right? The person sharing, may, they may say, you know, they may ask for help. Can you help me discern what maybe this is or is this from God or what do you think, right? Questions are always better than statements unless, of course, the question is really a statement that you pretended to make it a question. You know what I mean? You know that person. Do you think maybe if you did it the way I do it, you know, you got it. Um, questions are always helpful. More questions. And then sometimes it's appropriate to ask, um, can you say more about that? Is there another scripture that might come to mind to help us discern um, what you're hearing from God? Sometimes it's appropriate to say, and this is very rare I find, but sometimes it is appropriate to say, um, I'm not sure that sounds like God. Because maybe it's coming from a place of shame or woundedness, and they just need to hear that. But be gentle and kind with that. Of course, we want to live into um, what we hear God saying. And so I think it's good to ask some of these kind of questions is there something God is inviting you to do or stop doing from what you've heard? Is there something that God is inviting you to believe or stop believing about him, about yourself, about your circumstances? And then in that gathering, in your life group or whatever, resist the temptation to get it all figured out in that night, right? 
Because really why we are helping each other hear God isn't necessarily to just get like this answer and this is what I need to do, but it's really to help us enter into a daily relationship with Jesus. So we continue from what we heard in that group into the week and maybe we're praying for each other in the group and maybe we're sending each other text messages and maybe something else comes up and we send that. This actually happened to me just this past week. I was having dinner with some friends and they are way younger than me, but I, they, they, I think they hear from God better than I, I want to learn from them. I want to learn from them. And so we were having dinner and we're talking. Of course, we're talking about the sermons and the series, hearing God series, and I'm preaching and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, one of the people there, Daniel, says, um, hey, should we, just, should we do this now? Should we listen to God now? I'm like, no, I just preach about it. I don't actually do it. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, and I mean, we're at a dinner table. They have little ones running around. The little ones are really loud and crazy and fun. And, and he's like, should we do this? And, uh, and so, of course, we told the kids, shut up. And uh, no, we didn't. <laughs> kids should be noisy. Kids should be noisy. And so, uh, no, we didn't do that. He just said, it's going to be a little loud, but should we just try? So we bow our heads and, and Daniel just prayed, simple prayer. He just said, God, we want to hear from you. Would you speak to us? And then we were quiet for not long, um, because again, kids run around. But here's what was going on in my head during that silence of listening. I was like, oh, Heavenly Father, I'm so spiritual. I'm a pastor. No, this is what's going on in my head. I'm like, oh, crud. I'm a pastor. I'm preaching on this. I wonder if I don't hear anything. Oh, but then, Cheryl, don't pretend. If you didn't hear something, don't make something up. You know, and this is all going on in my head. And then... For me, I think it was more like I saw a word. I saw the word river. Now, that means nothing to me, okay? So I see the word river, and I'm thinking, well, that's weird, and don't say it if it's not really, and don't make it up, and are you making, you know, all in my head. So Daniel closes the time, and we all look up. He says, well, we we wanted to share maybe what we've heard. And he said, I'll go first, thank God. And uh, he said, I, I'll go first. And he said, you know, I don't usually hear things. I, more I see pictures and, and images. And he said, I had, a, I had an, a picture, an image of a river. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Because I'm not thinking that I really heard from God, right? But to have him say this, And then he said, you know, in the worship song um, that starts with, there is a river, came to his mind. And so then I did admit and said, I I think I saw the word river too. So we talk about it a little bit. And then Cece, his wife, she didn't hear river. She had heard, um, she had actually, what came to mind to her was Psalm 1. And in Psalm 1, it talks about a tree by a stream. And so we just talked about it for not long because, again, littles, right? Um, But here's what happened. That drew me in 
to relationship with Jesus. I've been thinking about it and talking to God about it all week. I've been opening my Bible and looking at themes of rivers and water and that kind of stuff. And I'm just asking the Lord, uh, what are you saying? And like the next day, Cece sent me a text with some scripture and a question that kind of has prompted me further and deeper. After the last service, someone came up to me and gave me a a hymn to consider, and a, a, another passage of scripture came to my mind. So what this did was it took me into ongoing relational conversation with God. Could we be people who help one another hear from God, right? That's what we want to be. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the people in my life who actually helped me hear from God. And I have a ton of them. I I mean, I'm old, so I've gathered them. And if they do this, I keep them close to me over the years. And I was thinking of the common denominators in these people. And here's just a few of them. I'm going to run through them quick because I do want us to do a practice here together. Um, Here's some common denominators from these folks. Um, One, they're normal. (laughs) And as I was thinking of my list, y'all, 95, 98% of them are not pastors. And I know a lot of pastors. They are not professional Christians. They did not go to seminary. They are normal people with normal jobs um, who have normal families and do normal things, right? They're normal. Second, they love Jesus, scripture, and prayer. It's in them. It's in their life. Again, they're not scholars. They're not experts. They just love Jesus. They're in the scriptures. They love to pray. And if you have anyone in your life who wants to help you hear God and they don't love scripture and they don't love prayer, run, okay? So they love scripture, uh, they love Jesus, they love prayer. Um, They're really good listeners. They ask good questions, okay? They rarely give advice, okay? Eugene Peterson has a great quote. He says, when people come to you to help you, you know, asking you to help them hear God. He said, the suggestion to do something is nearly always inappropriate. They need a friend who will pay attention to who they are, not a project manager who will order additional busy work. They need a friend, not a project manager. They are people who pray for me and they listen to me, listen to God for me. And I know this because they send me texts and emails with scripture or words. I have a friend, Katie, she'll leave me one of those voice text things. And she's like, Cheryl, I was just praying for you. And I have, they're those kind of people in my life. They're humble. They never say, God told me, you must, this, you should. They say things like, I think God said does this resonate with you? Does that, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'm like, nope, <laughs> I have no idea, right? And then their track record. They're just people who have, I have increased trust in over the years because when they share, um, I really do trust that they're hearing from God and they're listening to him. So I'd like us to do a little practice together. Um, and what I want us to practice together this morning is listening for someone, okay? So not listening for you, but listening for someone. So let's pause and just ask God to bring someone to mind. 
Father, would you bring someone to mind to each person in this room? And as you're thinking of that person, as you're holding them with God, I'm going to read some scripture. And maybe as you pray and as you hear the words of the scripture, you might hear a word or a phrase in this passage that you would want to pray for this person. So here's the word of the Lord. It'll be on the screens too if that helps. Ephesians 1, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And now just listen. Maybe take that word or phrase you heard and say, God, what are you speaking to me for this person? What do you want me to hear for them? Father, we thank you that you are an ever-present, everywhere God. That every person you have put in the mind and heart of each person in this room, you know them. You created them. You see them. And so we ask, God, would we share what we think we heard with them? Would that be an encouragement? Would that be something that would be a gift to them? Or would you just, would you like us to just hold it? To use it as our prompt to pray for them throughout the week? Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. We hold this person that you've brought to mind 
before you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, and the creator of us. Do as you please, Lord. Pour blessing upon them, encouragement and grace. We pray it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.